Hello, friends. It's a roaring March. This is Retta Rainbow on Sister Love. I am so glad to be back with you all on this wonderful second week of March. Um, I hope that wherever you are, you are relatively living the greatest life that you can live right now. Not a perfect life, but your greatest will, what you have in front of you, what you have inside of you. Today's topic is inspired by a hip hop artist from my original neck of the woods, the great state of Georgia, um, not the country. And shout out to those who may be affiliated with the country of Georgia. I've never been, um, don't have a lot of context, but I know this podcast gets um, streamed worldwide. The artist is ludicrous. Um, he was Chris Lover Lover when I was still in college for a year. And then he started, um, his brand took off, his work took off, and we now know him as Ludacris, a.k.a. Chris Bridges. He has a song from back in the day called What's Your Fantasy? And literally, I found myself chopping it up with one of my um, lifetime, all-time friends. I consider her a bestie, a sister in Christ, um, Chantal from Georgia. And we were talking about kind of reeling things in. And where I'm going to take this conversation um, today is let's look at friendships dating or marriage or long-term relationships, family and careers in the context of fantasies and the games that we play with ourselves. A lot of times when things go out of whack with any type of relationship, most of us, we make it to internal, but we do external assessments first. We look at what the other person has done to us first. We look at what we think they're into is their motives, um, any patterns before or after. Now, I know everybody may not be at that point, but just for the sake of this conversation, we start there first. But as I continue to grow in myself and holding myself accountable, I'm going to hold a mirror up on me. Not on you all, but on me. So that you all can understand some of the leveling I've been having to do as I get clear about who I was, how did she come to be, what purpose did she serve, and then what does that have to do with my fantasy? And so when I draw this story up, I'm going to give a little bit of origin story, right? But then I'm going to tie it to a little bit of context, a little bit of research, and then I'm going to hit these areas of relationships. I'll talk about friendships, dating, or long-term relationships, family, and careers. I grew up in the Deep South in a military family. When I say military, my father was in the branch of the Army. Um, well, branch of the military that's known as the Army. Um, he was a sergeant. They were stationed, when I say they, before I came to this earth, my parents were stationed around a couple of places in the Southwest and in the South, um, not including our hometown, which is next door to the top Army base in the world. Coretta said it. Um, Corbin. And then we were stationed overseas twice. And I was one time a toddler, and then the second time I was a preteen. Uh young adolescent to preteen. 
And so working, real working class family, working class values, community oriented, other centric. Um, I'm not going to go too much deeper than that. I could. There's a undercurrent of servitude in the sense of making things better for others. But whether you look at it from gender, so that's the women in my family. That's my grandmother, bless her heart. She's not with us. Um, my aunts, my cousins, my mom. Some people would know this to be the superhero complex where you overcompensate either for something or somebody else, or you leave from a place of deficit tied into fear. What I'm talking about, if you look up like the superwoman complex or like the idea of black women being strong, a lot of that is just rooted in harm. That's why I shriek and my stomach like, ugh, it rolls and my life just falls out when people talk about black women being strong. Because there's a lot of patriarchy, white supremacy, um, defeatism, and just deficit in Black women being strong. We're strong because a lot of times, what else can we be? I used to laugh and tell somebody when I was working my first job, it was in corporate, and I used to say for the pain and the consistent, persistent just trials that I would undergo in my own skin, I was just like, you know, some people, they fall out doing, you know, just immense pressure and pain and harm. I said, but then there's some of us like, it's just so deep. Ain't nowhere to fall. Like literally God will put us up against the wall or life or whatever you want to believe in. And it's so entrenched. Ain't nowhere to slide down to it. You can't fall forward. You can't fall backwards. And you can't slide to the left or right. You just there. And I feel like based on the research that I'm doing, um, I'm a part of an online doctoral program and it's getting to be dissertation time and one of the things that's coming up in my research is the mental health and the well emotional well-being of black women in con in context to the superhero trope where we go on our jobs and regardless of what the job description say we're already and again sometimes it's journalized but it's backed up there's this the what's written in a job description and then there's the standards that we enact Typically, we enact standards that are twice as strong, but not to prove our worth to other people. We do it because we know that's what it takes to get the job done. But meanwhile, you look to the left and right of you and nobody else is operating at that standard. And then so before you know it, you've enlisted yourself as Black Moses, Harriet Tubman, leaving people to freedom through work. But then by the time you come home, you don't even want to do anything that may be a benefit to yourself because you've given everything on that job. Or you think about in the community and our personal relationships, right? So whether you volunteer, whether you are in some type of committed relationship with somebody, or maybe you're dating, um, or whether you have friendships, or whether you still engage with your biological family or creative family, right? You have to juggle navigating those relationships when all those categories I name need a piece of you, even though there may not be a piece left. And, and how does that connect to like this fantasy piece? I'm, I'm building us there. So you're going on your job and you got these black Moses 
lead people to freedom or lead to some type of whatever standard. And that's not that the problem is the standard. The standard by yourself without anybody else feeding into that standard, that means you're dragging a team along, you're dragging your peers along, and then you're probably dragging a superior that has no interest in doing anything but hiding or posturing. And that could be at the peer level. It could be at the... um, all levels of the organization. Because some people literally come to work to draw a check and that's it. Not shaming them. It is what it is. And that's across any identity. And then some people have a civil service mindset where they come in and they're going to do their 25 and then they're going to tap out at retirement time. Um, or they've already started and retired in the same day, but they just keep drawing a check. And there's nothing you can do because the systems and the culture that you're working in, it enables them. Because there's a lot of people like that. Like you may have entered an organization where that is the motto. Um, And in other spaces, you may have entered a space where there's social and cultural and systemic racism and disparate treatment at play. All those things could follow under that, how you have Black Moses standards and you know this is what it takes to get the work done. But at the end of the day, you're the only one plowing the field and everyone else is either sitting on the porch watching you, um, enjoying the magnolias full in bloom, or they are half in, half out because their objectives don't align with your objectives and they don't care what your objectives do, even if it's to their benefit. Uh, for those who have never looked it up, look up uh, organizational leadership and motivation, motivational learning. Um, there are things that get in the way of both learning and doing and competing objectives, having the wrong people staffed. All those things can feed into that superwoman trope because at that point, she has a job to do and she's also leveraging. And I say she, but it could be a they. So she or they, whomever. But because I'm focused on gender binary, being specific, she may be too afraid to ask for help, or she may have asked for help from HR, peers, her superior, and it's not coming forth. Um, And so you've got somebody that's compensating, giving everything, and then they come home drained. And then when they come home drained, whether you're talking about the evening, the mornings, or whether they're working from home, or whether it's time when they have to get back to the community, their other loved ones, those people have expectations and standards that they want to see met. And there's this unwritten rule that how dare you as a woman drop one of these balls? What does it mean to come home and maybe you don't feel like being mother of the year? You don't feel like being partner of the year? You don't feel like, honestly, combing your hair maybe Um, because you don't have to have a partner and you don't have to have children. Um, you, You don't want to engage with maybe family members over the phone. You don't want to call your homegirls, your homeboys, or people that you really kick it with, your peeps. Maybe they're not binary um, connected. You don't feel like going out into the community and investing because you need, you feel like, listen, at this point, I need somebody to invest in me. I'm tapped. I don't have anything else to give. Well, all these things are symptomatic. They're systemic for sure, but they're symptomatic. And they're symptomatic of fantasy land. This is Coretta's opinion. But I can tell you how I live this. Um, I will not sing the lyrics to What's Your Fantasy because it's a little much. Um, But we build fantasies that are rooted in conditioning. 
Think Pavlov. Think the experiment. Google it if you've never heard of it. As I continue to poke around LinkedIn and get connected to people who are maybe a half step or two, three steps ahead of me that are really doing the work or I poke in my research and I'm pulling up some threads and I'm pulling up overwhelming numbers of people who have been um, participants in surveys about their real live experiences. So these are their truths. I can't deny the relatability of some of the things that we do is out of condition since uh, the obligation or expected, uh, expect, expectations from others, and they have yet to do with what our vision and mission is for our personal lives, <laughs> excuse me, or the people who we want to be. They are highly reflected of an other-centric nature, and I'll be honest, I grew up seeing that through and through, whether it was at home, whether it's extended family, whether it's in the community, whether it was in the church, whether it was in businesses. I have yet to enter a paradigm of life where I did not see people who look like me of all shades of brown living a very other centric life. And when I say that's rooted in conditioning, I think that feeds the fantasy. Here's some um, tangible examples that kind of back up where I'm going. So I'm going to start with the hardest one of all, family. Unfortunately, it's last November, Thanksgiving, where some people were honoring that holiday. You don't have to honor it. And for those who don't have context, just look up the U.S. idea of Thanksgiving. It is rooted in harm. Um, it is rooted in rooted in some disgenuine and harmful and just violent things that were done to our indigenous friends and tribes that were long here before anybody settled here. Um, but then also I know that some tribes and some indigenous folks have reclaimed and taken that over for what they needed. I know there's some of us who are in the person of color community, black community, and we just own it as a time to come together and connect. And so took a chance to a pandemic, traveled home from Chicago, Best, worst decision ever. Won't get into the details, but at the end of the day, at 41 years old, I'm having to flee Thanksgiving with some of my siblings as there was a domestic violence incident in my home. At 41 years old, I got parents who are involved in domestic violence. Not cute, not opportune. I had to drag for my um, support need. I inserted two and a half persons in. Uh, one person was super apathetic because they were wrapped up in their own stuff. Um, and that would come to the friend side. And that's fine because everybody can't be there for you every time you have something going on. But the reality is for me, I had prided myself on not putting my close or long-term friends back into my family stuff because it just had been going on for years, but I did not know that was still something happening within my family. And so there's all the feelings, all the stuff for those that need to know. I am most certainly back in therapy for that. I am in trauma therapy, trauma-informed therapy, um, because it's bigger than that day. That's something I had to grow up with as a child and even a young adult and see how it impacted everybody and it, it, it touches everything. And if you're someone that's dealing with that or you are in a situation that's traumatic like that, forget the shame. It's not one, two, three easy, but I'll just plug right now. Forget the shame. If you don't want to go for help, talk to somebody, but also be clear of the person that you're talking with. Give them boundaries. 
Because when you open that can up, people can't unhear what you, you've told them. And they want to see you healthy, whole, and live and not lose your life. Um, it's a dangerous situation. Um, it's too many factors. But again, there's hotlines. There's people you can talk to. If you're working a full-time job, more than likely you have employee assistance benefits that will allow for some acute counseling. If you don't, there are churches that will talk to you. There are some counselors that will do pro bono work. Just get your words and your narrative out there because along with the research, the stuff that we deal with, especially Black women and women of color, we take our feelings, we take everything, and we repress it into our bodies. And then we wonder why we have diabetes, we have cancer, we have tumors, we have thyroids, we have stuff because our bodies are beat up from emotional and psychological trauma that everybody doesn't deal with at the same compounded measure that we do consistently and persistently over time. Hear those words, look them up if you don't understand the depth of what I'm leaning into. So anyway, I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision about what was next for me. Because that moment snatched my fantasy of what my family was. I knew things about my parents and I was doing that thing we all do. You put aside your misgivings and your frustrations and you say, I'm going to try to attempt to be in community with this group of people. I had to realize from that moment, this is who these folks are. Until they want something different, this is what it is. Anything that, any meaning, any hope I had, I threw it in the trash because I needed to put me first. What happened from that day? Me first. I was, I didn't realize that I still had a cord connected to my family in a way that just was not helpful. And when I came back, I went no contact on both parents. After a week, I put my mom back in rotation. When I said rotation, I unblocked her. Um, I left my father unblocked because that's what I needed for myself. Because at this point, at 41 going on 42, I'm not interested in having you interrupt my life with violence. Um, I, I, that's not my vision for my life, right? And so I had to decide what that meant. Christmas is coming. New Year's is coming. Valentine's is passed. I just had a birthday. What it's meant is... I deprioritize somebody that needs to help themselves and all the things that they got going on. And I chose me, something that never happened in my childhood, something that never happened in my adulthood up until that point. But I had to, the fantasy of my family being different, that's what had me thinking, oh, this stopped. Stop where? What were the signs that it stopped? You would have hoped it stopped um, because there's some disability at play and other things at play, but that's just, it wasn't true. And there was no evidence of what I made true to be true until my bubble was popped, burst, destroyed, disseminated. Um, and I had to come into reality. And in coming to reality, I've had to put care in place for myself and let go of the idea of being connected maybe to my immediate family as much. I stay close to my siblings. Um, I'm reaching out to more of my cousins and I'm being intentional about the people that I entertain because once I could do that with family, everything else got a little easier. So let me shift to some of these other areas because I don't want to hold y'all long. That allowed me to walk away from the rest of the friendships that were absolutely no good. 
people who I had to take a step back and realize they were in this friendship for what they could get from me. They were not consistent. They were not congruent. They had their own well-being issues and they need to go somewhere and go work on those. And it was one of those, the season was just over. You know, all that historical friendship stuff of, the, well, they helped me down and they, I am a loyal person. And I've kept, unfortunately, people in my life that at some point they helped me down. But as I got closer and as I dealt with the family stuff, I realized just like my family, maybe you around for the things that you get out of this situation. Or maybe everything that I attributed as a positive was really just about you. And I benefited from what you got from that relationship that we had. But whatever it was, it didn't fit who I am today. And I had to just take a step back. Nothing nasty, nothing harmful. For some people, it was the block function. And when I say block, I don't mean a petty block. I mean, it's the block of, I need to stay away from you. And I want to let you go without teetering back and forth and playing games with myself. Because I'm a human. I'm going to think about every now and then things will pop up, you know, memories. I'll see a picture, maybe a song. Could be watching a movie that's, you know, reminds me. There could be reminders. And I don't want to go back into romantic land and romanticize a history that at the time, maybe I was growing through something and I mastered the lesson and now it's time to come out of that season. Or maybe at that moment, maybe I was called to be a good friend. Uh, maybe that was in the cards that you needed friendship and maybe it wasn't meant to be reciprocal because you needed a lesson from me. Who knows? But what I'm saying is I had to get clear about what it meant to be friends with some folks. And what I realized, and I had read a couple of articles and or somebody's posts in different places. I read a lot of stuff. I take in a lot of um, podcasts and sermons and stuff like that. And it was talking about we think friendships in all of a sudden, but they don't. They're like, if you take a step back, especially when it's no longer like fresh, you can see that pe- y'all were probably pulling away and there was probably some drop balls and some more misunderstanding. Like the, the detachment was happening. It just got sped up. Sometimes it's from an incident or sometimes it's from awareness. For me, it happened some awareness. And these are folks that I rode for, have defended to the death. And I'm not mad at them. Not mad at them at all. And I still wish them the best. And I still care about them. I'm always going to care about them. I think, you know, y'all are people. And for whatever reason, God gave me y'all when I, when I needed y'all. No matter if it was a false perception or not, I needed y'all at a certain point in my life. And it's not about not needing you and kicking you to the curb. It's just we don't belong in the same trajectory, at the same table, in the same season anymore. And when you get clear about who folks are and stop out of, when I, I, I caution myself to stop because it seems demanding and commanding and punitive. But I also think you got to take a step back and you got to maybe play through the whole memory, play through the context. We have to size up what we have around us and how did that come to be? And what were the conditions? And why are they still there? Or why is this still happening? Or how am I still engaging? And why am I still engaging? Because that lets you know who you were, how you got there, and then what what purpose does that serve today? And if you stay in fantasy land, came some point. There's some fantasy lands I've come out of friendships and I realize, you know, I look at people like they're whole people and I put them into fists. Um, not to be funny, but just to help me see them as whole people. You may be a dope person and when you come through, you come through, but it may be every fourth call you come through. 
Um, and it could be like you have family. And it could be like on this, these areas, we're cool and we're thick as thieves. But then this other area, we're not. Well, those are five different things I just named without really putting them in cute categories. If three of those things, three out of those five things are super dope, I'm probably not going to just throw you out of my life. I might not put a whole lot of pressure on our relationship, but I can put things in perspective. When you, when somebody from that category flakes on me, three out of five, yeah, I can see that. I won't personalize and I won't internalize it. I'll let myself have context. And if we need to get to a dialogue about, hey, if you don't know if you can do something, just let's do this because this works for me a little bit better. And this is how it's landing on me. And what are you thinking? You know, does this matter to you? You can have a values conversation. That's fine. But the worst thing you could do is keep historical friends who you don't have anything in common with anymore outside of a couple of things. And it's real surface because you're holding on to a ghost that ain't going to do nothing for you. And you're going to end up hurting yourself because you're going to put weight on that relationship. And when they fail you, let you now, you won't be able to cope well because you're still operating from a place of fantasy, a story that you've told yourself, meaning that you've applied in places. And it may have held true once upon a time, but it doesn't hold true today. Or it doesn't hold true to the person that you are today. It might hold true to the person that you used to be. So come on, do this journey with me. Let's come out of this fantasy. So we did family. We did friends. Next, I'm going to hit dating or dating in any long-term relationships. Dating, short-term, long-term relationships. And um, and then hit careers. Buckle up. This is going to go fast. When it comes to dating, when I say I had to come out of fantasy land, I had to just... I know over years I have friends tell me, you know, Credit, why don't you try dating online? Da, da, da. Honestly, it just never works for me. It just doesn't. Um, and I know I've been going through ongoing healing, and that's fine, but that's not me. And a loving friend told me, they were like, if it's not you, don't try to force it. Whatever's for you will be for you. And if you're the type of person that it's best that people engage with you, whether it's in passing or it's, you know, at a conference or a concert or a festival or whatever it is. She was like, you're an organic person. Let it organically come to you and stop putting a timetable on it. That gave me the validation that I needed to let go of this online thing. Um, I'm not focused on the online, but I want to get to the short term, the long term. Um, I had last October met this guy. I was getting over something super toxic. Talk about that a little later in this season. And he would have been a rebound. I can say now that he was a rebound. And not in a negative way. I wasn't trying to force anything, but I met him by way of traveling and he had potential. But the problem with potential, that's a pet project. It could be, but it depends on how you shape it and craft it. Uh uh-uh, If I got to do all that, it's not real. And that's where I had to come out of the fantasy. Oh, I'm going to tell you how God bust my bubble. He was really good, really sweet. He had this gentleness and this just warmth about him that was bomb when I was really hurting from something else. And that's when I had to get real understand. He was probably either maybe a friend-ish, I don't know, but he's really flaky because I had to go back to a story he had told me and then it lined up with his actions. He ended up halfway committing to something and then flaking on something else and then 
I was on Friday night and I had an attitude about something and my movie, he's not into you. He's just not into you came on. And that was one of my favorite movies, books, all that. And then it came back on Sunday and I knew, I knew Friday, but I definitely knew by Sunday. And so by that Tuesday, I sent a message and I let him know like, Hey, I put something out atmosphere and I never heard from you. Um, are you okay? Cause this person does a lot of driving and has a family. Um, when I say his family has children, and I just want to make sure you don't have COVID. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Or you're not sick or you're not laid up and need some support. And I knew I really didn't want to send a message. But one of my homegirls and my sister was just like, you know, just clear your conscience. Make sure you're good or whatever it is. And when he hit back and I could tell it was a casual and there was really nothing going on with you. You were apologetic. Blocked. And some people are like, oh, my God, you ghosted him the hell out of him. Yes, I did. And I'm trying to hurry up so I can get to this last part on career. I had to come out of fantasy. I knew I was moving at a pace of I was interested in getting to know somebody, not forcing them into a role. But this person either needed time or was playing game or might have been obligated to somebody else. And I wasn't about to let somebody waste my time by staying in an idea or an attachment based on a little bit of good this person brought to the table. Again, what's your fantasy? Let me wrap this up. I got about 40 seconds to hit you with it, maybe 30. Your career is no different. Make some time periodically to look over why you do the work that you're engaged in that's um, generating income. When did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? Is it what you needed to be? When you show up for work, whether it's remote or in person, is this who you are right now? If the answer is maybe, if there's anything less than a, a resounding yes, take an inventory. I apologize for not going longer, but I'm going to go ahead and cut this one short. What's your fantasy? Get clear on how you're operating. Be well, take care.